0: Guys, yo, you like my t shirt tonight? I love your t shirt. Does it look like I have water wings on? Yes. Kind of, right? I feel like, you know, I just give God's grace is the ocean we float, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyways, again, my name is Kramer. We've never met before. We should, we should meet after this. I'd love to meet you. Give you a high five. Figure out what your name is, because you look so good tonight. Oh, we're going to take the next few moments. We're going to look at a story together out of the Bible. Uh, We at GC believe the Bible is the living word of God, meaning that everything in this book isn't just like some historical facts, but is in fact inspired by God, and it can change the way we live our life when we read it. And the title that I'm giving tonight's message, and what I'm calling it, is Reckless Love. Reckless Love. So turn to the person next to you and say, you ready to get reckless? Turn on the person Your second choice And be like bro It's all about the love We're going to pick it up In Luke chapter 15 Starting in verse 1 Luke chapter 15 Starting in verse 1 You ready for it? It's the living word of God It's coming at you Here it comes This is what the Bible says now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawn near to him, Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, He lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. So right here in this story, in Luke chapter 50 in the Bible, our homeboy Jesus is on the scene. And Jesus is hanging out with these people. The Bible says that they're tax collectors and sinners. And they're like stoked to be around Jesus. And then there's this other group of people, the more hyper-religious people, the scribes and the Pharisees, the Bible says. And they're like, man, what's this guy doing here? We don't want none of this. So then Jesus breaks out into this story. And he tells this story. And he says, hey, if you had 99 or if you had 100 sheep and you lost one, wouldn't you go find the one that wandered off And like leave the 99 and go? And then when you found it, wouldn't you like take it back home to where it was? And then Jesus says, and and the Bible records, that says there will be more joy in heaven that day when one person repents and comes home than the 99 that are already there. Friends, tonight I believe that, that God, no matter where we're at in here, no matter what we believe in here, no matter what's going on in our life, He desires to speak to us tonight. Uh, And my hope is, as we lean into this idea of reckless love, that we would see Jesus for who Jesus says that he is. So as we dive in, we should pray with me real quick. Lord God, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you that on a Thursday night we can come together as a community of young people, that we might hear from you. Jesus, would you speak to us now? Would you reveal who you are, not what? Others may have said, but who you are, Jesus, that we might see you for you. Lord God, we thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, would you move and work in us? Lord, we give you all the glory. We love you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. Now, I want to take the next few moments tonight and talk about this idea of the reckless love of Jesus. And through the reckless love of Jesus, we might be found living the best life that we could ever live. That because of who Jesus is, we no longer have to be lost because we can, in fact, be found. There was a time, and you have met this Kramer before, when this physique was in middle school, seventh grade, three braces, looked like an idiot, okay? And I would go to school, and I like didn't really like school all that much, right? But I would like go to school, and I was kind of like, Pretty well behaved normally at school, but well, I don't know about you. But sometimes, like especially middle school, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd like look in the mirror and I'd be like, Man, "Who is this guy? Like this. this guy looks like an idiot." And then I'd like get on the bus and like go to school. And I get to school and I would like be the funny guy at school. So I'd be like, "Ooh, people are gonna like me because I'm the funny guy. it's gonna be good, okay?" So one day I decided. To bring a laser pointer to school. Okay? Y'all know what a laser pointer is? If you don't know what a laser pointer is, you gotta get out more. But I brought a laser pointer to school. And my idea was, and we sitting there in class, and there was this one teacher, go to middle school, she's still there, okay? Like, who I didn't like that much. And I'd be like, want a laser pointer the heck out of her. So I like get to school, and like we got our books out, right? So I'm like pretending to read my book. I like got my book, I'm like, yeah, teach, I'm following along, it's good, it's fine. Like whatever. And then I like get my laser pointer out of my pocket. And I'm like, ooh, I'm about to get you, girl. I'm so like nobody knows I got the laser pointer, and all of a sudden I like turn on, it's like Duh. Duh on her like stomach. I was like, yes. And everybody's like, you know, like seventh grader it's like, and you are like, yeah. So I like start moving the laser pointer around. Like, all of, you know, like, oh, yeah. And then, like, everybody's like, oh, oh my God. Like, who's it? And they, like, see it to me. I'm like, yeah, I know. Three braces. I'm like, oh, shit, that's my life. So, like, I moved the laser pointer, though, like, up her, like, face. And I was going to try to get it, like, right on her forehead. Because, like, that's the funniest place to be. Once well, I get it up there, I get it right in her eyeball. And she goes, Aah! Who's got the laser pointer in here? And I'm like, oh, my and, like, everybody, who, laughing and like I thought one of my friends were like, this is the guy! And I was like, no! He's like, Kramer, get to the principal's office. I was like, so I like I go to the principal's office and I like get there and I like tell the principal, I was like, come on lady, like the reason I do this is because when I look at my face in the mirror in the morning, I'm like, man, this guy's an idiot. So I get to school, I like bring my laser pointer because everybody thinks I'm funny and I got all these friends and the principal's like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense, cool don't ever bring your laser pointer to school again. I was like, okay, I promise I won't, I promise. So next day, I bring my laser pointer to school. And I get there. And I'm about to get this teacher so good because she caught me. So I like pull my laser pointer out. And I'm like going, like start, you know, low. I'm working my way up. And everybody now, it's the second day, they're like freaking out. They're like, I- he's doing it. Before. He's doing it. Like Netflix was going to make a documentary about me, okay? Laser pointer kid. Uh, But I like get it up there, and I got it resting perfectly on her forehead. And I'm like, I am the legend that you're talking about. But then the guy sitting next to me, little 7th grade punk idiot, looks at me. He sees I got it perfect, and everybody's like. And he looks at me, and then he pushes me a little bit. So my laser pointer drops down and gets her again right in the eyeball. And she's like. Kramer! I was like, no! And I get there, and I'll never forget what this principal said to me. I remember the principal saying that day, and I haven't forgotten it, she said, Kramer, I know this isn't like you. I feel like you have just wandered off from the real you. And I was reading this story in Luke 15 in the Bible. And that kind of popped into my head. And I think that we can all relate, if we really think about it, that sometimes we wander off from the life that we know we were called and created to live. That maybe you've had a moment in your life where you feel like, man, I kind of feel like I'm wandering right now. I kind of feel a little lost. I actually don't even know how I got out here, but now in my own strength, I feel like I can't get back. Like you've wandered so far away that you don't know what to do or what's going on, but you know you're not living the life that you were uniquely called and created to live. The Bible in this story talks about a bunch of sheep. And I don't know if you know this or not, but sheep are prone to wander. Sheep naturally and normally get distracted and wander off. That It is a normal thing for a sheep just to be like, minding its own business, and then all of a sudden it gets distracted and just wanders off. And you may not like it or not, but I would like to suggest tonight that you and I are a lot like a bunch of sheep. That sometimes we get distracted from the calling that we were created for. And all of a sudden, in that distraction, we start wandering away from the life that Jesus uniquely created and called us to live. That we, you and I, are prone to wander. That we naturally and normally wander away from the fullness of life that Jesus has for us. But that's why I love this story so much in Luke 15. I truly believe that in this story in Luke 15, in these seven verses, we can see the entirety of the gospel in these seven verses that we can see the good news of who Jesus is right here in these seven verses. That we get a glimpse into who Jesus says that he is in this story. I love it because if you look at the way this story starts out, in verse 1 it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawn near to him. The story starts out Saying that the people who everyone else would think is worthless and of non-importance and not good enough are the ones who are drawing close to Jesus. And where's Jesus? Right in the thick of all of those people. As if to say that no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, the worst of the worst to the best of the best that Jesus can draw anybody and everybody Near to him. And then in the next verses it says, But the scribes and the Pharisees, they grumbled. And the scribes and the Pharisees were considered these like hyper religious people, the people who thought that they had it all together. As if to say that sometimes we might actually have to admit to the fact that we might have wandered off to really realize that we need the reckless love of Jesus. That we might have to drop our pride and be humble. Shout out Kendra Lamar. So then the Bible goes on though and, and Jesus tells us this story. And in this story and in the next few verses, we hear about what the world would say is a love that to many will be foolish. We hear about a love that to many would sound ridiculous. We hear about a love that is just like reckless. And in verses 4 through 6, the Bible says this. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found It is reckless in people's opinions to leave a lot for a little. It is reckless in the world's eyes to leave much for less. It is reckless in today's culture to leave everything for just one thing. But that's the kind of love that Jesus has for you. In this story, Jesus is the one who goes out and finds. And friends, you and I are the one sheep that has wandered away. And don't don't miss this. It's so good. The Bible says that Jesus leaves behind the ninety-nine. For what? For, for one. Why? Because you are the one. That Jesus would leave everything behind to come and find you. It is reckless, people would say, to leave a lot to get a little. But to, you, but to Jesus, you are the most. You are the best of the best of the very best in Jesus' eyes. So in the reckless love of Jesus, he comes and he finds you. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you feel like maybe you have wandered, no matter what, in the reckless love of Jesus, he comes and he finds you. But to me, the most amazing part of the whole story is what happens next. The Bible says that when he finds this sheep, that when Jesus finds you and finds me, the Bible says in verse 5, that when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. When Jesus finds you, he does not look at you and get angry that you wandered off. When Jesus finds you, he does not look at you and and is disappointed that you wandered away. He does not look at you and yell at you and question why you are lost, or why you are wandering, the Bible says that when Jesus finds you, he picks you up, right for who you are, right for where you are, and he lays you across his shoulders on his own back, and through his love and through his grace, he carries you back home. That when Jesus finds you, He never once yells or questions or gets angry. But his immediate response, the Bible says, is to rejoice because he has found you. Through the reckless love of Jesus, you no longer have to wander because you can be found in him. And then the Bible goes on and continues that in the next verses that when he returns home with the sheep, In this story, he calls together the whole town. And what does he do? He throws a party. He says, Come and party with me because this sheep was once lost and is now found. You were once lost, but now you can be found through the reckless love of Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight that no matter how far you have wandered, No matter what you've done, no matter how perfect you might think that you are, no matter what, the reckless love of Jesus is going to find you because the love of Jesus stops at nothing. Jesus loves you so much that he accepts you for who you are. And he comes in his reckless love right to where you are at. But Jesus loves you too much to leave you that way. So he picks you up, the Bible says, and he takes you back. That you might experience the fullness of life that comes from you. A life that you were created and called to live. A life to the full. The reckless love of Jesus means you don't have to wander anymore. Because through the reckless love of Jesus, you can be found. Guys, we're going we're gonna to pray in a minute. But I want Eli to come back up here and we're going to sing that last song that we sang again. So as I pray, would you stand with me and we're going to pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that it's in your reckless love, Jesus, that you found us. That you left the 99 to come and find us. That That you came in your reckless love, and Jesus, you didn't get angry, but you rejoiced that we were found by you. That Jesus, you laid us across your own shoulders And you took us home to the fullness of life that can be found in you. Lord God, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus. That we might be found in him and experience the fullness of life that comes through him. Lord God, thank you that there's nothing we could do to deserve it. But that you just give us the reckless love anyway that there is nothing that we could do to outrun it, but that you just come in your great love and your great mercy and you find us and you desire to bring us back home. Lord Jesus, would you give us enough courage in here tonight that we might be willing to be found by you. That when you come to us, Lord Jesus, we we might rejoice also Because you have found us right where we're at, right for who we are. Lord God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for your reckless love, Jesus. And it's in your holy name, everybody say, Amen.
1: Faces me down five still